it is better to have somebody with you. Yeah. You know, last week I was just kind of sitting there going, oh. For sure. For sure. And plus they have music. Because mm-hmm. that really is, that really, you know. Yeah. Brings us into the throne room. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's something about music that just, uh, it's universal. Mm-hmm. We were at that um, international banquet mm-hmm. two weeks ago. You know, everybody was singing. But uh, it was really cool because you could hear people singing in different languages. Right. And oh, it's unreal. And it's so, so cool. Right. Because it didn't matter if it was Hindi or, you know, right. Uganda. I mean, it was just interesting because you could mm-hmm. tell they were all singing the same song. Mm-hmm. Really cool. happened to the internet. I came in to do the stream to our leads gathering. Mm-hmm. I walked in the internet was down. I was like, that's not allowed to happen. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. I tried to pull it up. I just figured it was, uh, I figured there were so many people trying to get in that the thousands, the multitude were trying to log on. Live stream. Oh, there was somebody just texted me. You know you're on the air, right? <laughs> <laughs> Michelle wants to know where the sound is, though. Uh. I love that they're texting you. I know. <laughs> That's why I told you. That's why I got to turn this thing off. So I can test it for a minute, and then this is going to have to go away. <laughs> That's funny. Well, if you've got it in your headset, then people might have it on your mute. The last thing I want to do is have to start worrying about helping people open up Chrome. I saw somebody last week from a church saying they were still getting complaints about the drums being too loud, and it was all done via live stream. <laughs> oh, we're live. You can hear us. We're good. Yeah, no, hey, we're good. good. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's figure out how next week might be about that. Perfect. I think we're ready to go. Can you hear me? Am I good? Yeah. All right. So I think it's a little after 9 o'clock, so we're going to go ahead and jump in here. Um, First of all, I wanted to let you know that we're being very responsible. We've measured it out. We have our six feet social Mm -hmm. distancing, so we're all good. And just in case things get a little... uh, uh, touchy around here with the equipment. We also got our hand sanitizer, so we are good to go. So this morning I got online and uh, got on Facebook, and I was going to invite uh, everybody to come join us for our online services just in case they didn't get the email and the text. And so it was so funny because I went over to Facebook to send out the invitation, and I saw at least 15 churches that were already streaming live services. <laughs> and so something tells me that this morning um, every church – uh, across America is streaming live. So I don't know how they handle that on the Internet, but uh, that's some serious bandwidth. And so it was interesting because I was thinking about um, the choices uh, that people have to make uh, when they start thinking about a church. And so in our community, if we've got 10 or 15 churches in the area, uh, people have to make a decision about whether they're going to get up and go to church in the morning. Um, this morning at home, you have thousands and thousands of churches uh, that you can choose uh, from to watch. Uh, this morning because everybody is streaming on live. And so I just want to let you know how much I appreciate your being with us uh, here at Springbrook. I know that uh, when I first went into ministry early, uh, Rick Warren was one of the guys that uh, really modeled for me uh, some ideas for philosophies of ministry, apart from scripture. Uh, but I really liked Rick Warren. I liked his teaching style. And so I've watched Rick Warren uh, for quite a few years. And then Alex Dubeg is one of my favorite teachers. And so given a choice, um, if I had to choose between me and Alistair, I, I don't know, I might, <laughs> I might choose Alistair. <laughs> He's a great teacher. 
But uh, I just recognize that there's a lot of choices out there. And I wanted to take this uh, opportunity to say uh, one of the things that I think sets Springbrook apart is the fact that uh, we are focused on relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to help people to understand how to have a relationship with God, how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and then how do we relate to one another as a part of the body of Christ. And I think that's one of the things that sets us apart at Springbrook. We are really intentional about focusing on relationships and getting to know people uh, in our church family. Uh, Nelson Searcy is a pastor of a church up in New York, uh, the Journey Church. And I remember I was watching some uh, leadership material from him. He came out with some videos I was watching. And uh, their church was uh, almost 2,000 people. And I remember he said they took attendance. He said, because we don't want anybody to slip through the cracks. And so we take attendance here at Springbrook. I know most people probably don't know that. Uh, but when somebody shows up at Springbrook, if we don't see them for the next uh, several weeks, we'll send them an email to make sure that they're okay. Uh, we want to get to know people. We want to get to know their names. And uh, so we uh, value relationships here at Springbrook. Um, the good news is, is that nobody's going to be getting an email for the next three weeks because everybody's got a pass this week. And so you don't have to worry about getting inundated with an email, letting uh, you know that we missed you here at Springbrook because you know what? We do miss you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's good for us to be able to be together in this way. But there's something about being together that is just uh, irreplaceable. I just want to encourage you that if you have not signed up yet for our weekly updates, if you're not getting weekly updates at Springbrook, um, that's one of the ways that we communicate with our church family. And so if you are, you're not getting those, you can go to our website. You can sign up. It just says, don't be left out. And so you can sign up for that. And then uh, maybe if you've uh, signed up at some point, you're not getting them, you unsubscribe. Don't unsubscribe. You, know, you want to go in and manage your preferences um, because once you unsubscribe, we can never contact you again. Now, for some, that might be okay. But, you know, we want to contact you and let you know what's going on at Springbrook. So be sure to sign up uh, for our weekly emails. Um, if you haven't checked out our website yet, springbrook.org, you want to be sure to do that. We've got some great resources for you as we go through this uh, uh, time of transition um, together as we deal with uh, social distancing and, uh, and staying at home. And so if you haven't checked out our website yet, you'll want to be sure to do that. There's a place for you to get routine updates. There are all things related to Springbrook and ministry. Um, if you have any immediate needs, um, we recognize that there's a lot of people that aren't connected to a family. Uh, we have our prayer wall over there. I was looking at that this morning. We have hundreds of prayer requests on our prayer wall. And many of those were for people that were feeling alone, that were feeling isolated. And these are the kind of times that people even get further pushed into isolation. And so we don't want anybody to feel uh, like they're alone. And so if we can pray for you, if you have any immediate needs, um, if you need somebody to bring you a meal, if you need some help with groceries, those kind of things, uh, be sure to visit our website, go to immediate needs. And then we've got some great resources for you, uh, for our church family and for our leadership team. Um, we've got resources for our families, for our small groups. Bethany is going to be sending some uh, resources for us uh, from a worship perspective so we can be listening to some music together. And so we've got some great resources for you. And then if you're looking for a place that you can help um, during this time, during this crisis, and you want to make yourself available, um, there's a place for you to sign up with ways to help um, as well. This morning, it is just uh, the three of us. We have Pastor Joseph is here. Uh, he's in the back praying for us this morning. Uh, but the three of us are all here, and uh, we're going to get to hear from Bethany this morning as she leads us in worship. But I just want to give a uh, quick shout-out uh, to Pastor Matt. In fact, I'm going to take his picture right now. Thanks, man. <laughs> So Matt was able to pull off uh, uh, pulling some equipment together for us mm -hmm. for today. It's a lot better than having that cell phone or that iPad taped to my computer screen last week. Um, but I just want to thank Pastor Matt for his work, mm -hmm. Bethany, for being with us uh, this morning. And uh, we are really looking forward to uh, this time that we can share together uh, with our church family. And I tell you, I came in this morning, and um, I got here early, as is my practice. I spent some time in prayer. I walked around the building a little bit. And um, I can't tell you... Uh, how much I missed um, just being in the building, listening to our worship team practice. I love getting here early in the morning, spending some time in the quiet, and then I love to listen to our worship team practice. It just uh, it sets my heart right um, for the morning. And then after the practice is over, we all come together as a team. Uh, we pray for one another. We pray for you. We pray for how God would use our services and our community. And um, I missed our team gathering. The three of us got together to pray, and that was really uh, meaningful for me. But I missed who we are together. And um, I really missed watching people walk up to the front door uh, and just kind of walking in the excitement of our kids to get back to children's ministry. Just the uh, uh, walking back and watching the teachers, the, the love they have for those kids, watching our first impressions team uh, as they serve people uh, coming through the door. Um, it is exciting for me every morning just to see how God pulls people together um, so that we can uh, encourage one another, build one another up, and uh, be a testimony um, to our community for Christ. And so we love being together 
uh, in Springbrook. And so we're glad that you could be with us this morning. Um, we're going to uh, sing a few songs in just a few moments. But Bethany, why don't you just share with us a little bit about maybe some of the things that you miss about Sunday morning? Oh, man. Um, other people's voices, for one. I'm going to be kind of soloing here this morning. Um, I hope I'm not soloing at your house, though. Sing along with us, please. Worship with mm-hmm. us. But, um, yeah, spending time with the worship team, just getting into the spirit of worship, even rehearsal. Um, Dean and Deanna always make us breakfast, so definitely missing that miss this that. morning, <laughs> for sure. Um, but, yeah, just being together with you guys. So we are we are excited that the Lord has provided a way for us to be with you still, in a sense, but we certainly miss um, just sharing space together and and being together in person but we trust that the lord's going to continue to work in this time and that it will be a joyful reunion when everybody is able to come back and we can join our voices together in person again so i want to read to us a call to worship this comes from psalm 34 and i know i read this one a couple of weeks ago actually for our call to worship but it seems so appropriate given the circumstances says i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So let's find our peace and our consolation and our courage in him this morning. Let's sing together to our King of Kings. In the darkness we were waiting Without hope and without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dirt Now this gospel 
truth of all, I shall not kneel, it shall not faint. By his blood and in his name, in his freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ, who has resurrected me. I'm going to introduce a new song, um, maybe new to some of you. Some of you may have heard it already. It's called Waymaker. And we were going to introduce it last week, so I'm excited to be able to sing it with you now. Um, And it just seems like, you know, I I plan our services weeks and weeks and weeks in advance. It just seems like the Lord's hand was over this song um, coming up into our service plans during this season. Um, That God is the waymaker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He is our light in the darkness, and we can have our confidence in who he is, not in who we are, not in our circumstances, but in him and him alone. So let's continue worshiping together. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. And you are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship
never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. And even when I don't see in you working, even when I don't feel in you working, you never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. And you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. And that is who you upon his shoulders ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers it was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished his dying breath has brought me Let's pray together. Oh, Father God, we thank you first and foremost for who you are. We know that in spite of any circumstances we might face, in spite of any difficulties or burdens we are facing in our lives, that you are still good. You are still defined by your love for us. You are still sovereign over all, and you are worthy of glory and honor and praise no matter what. 
whether we can gather together in person or whether we worship from home, you are worthy of the praises that we bring this morning. Father, I pray over each individual who might come across this live stream this morning, whether a part of our Springbrook family already or someone just searching for a little hope in the midst of everything going on. Father, I pray that you would meet them exactly where they are. We know that this comes as no surprise to you and that you are working. Your Holy Spirit is in the homes of each one who is coming to this service right now. You are on the move and at work. You are the way maker. You are making miracles happen. You are keeping your promises to us. And so, Father, we pray for courage to believe you, that you are who you say you are. We pray for compassion for our neighbors. We pray for resilience and wisdom in the midst of ever-changing situations each day. We thank you for empowering us by your Holy Spirit to live for you. We love you. All of this is for you. Be near us this morning. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 I feel like we should clap. (laughs) That was as good as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Oh, goodness. Well, I just wanted to give you a a quick update. It sounds like uh, with our live stream on our website, it sounds like there was an initial surge for logins. Um, That was a surprise. Um, but if you're having problems with the website, from what I understand, uh, the feed's still working on Facebook and Instagram, or you can come back and try the Facebook Live, or you can try the website live feed a little bit later. Maybe that will come back up. Um, but this morning, I wanted to be able to uh, step back for a little bit and um, just talk about um, vision. You know, as we're going through this uh, season, um, whether individually or corporately t- together, uh, what are some of the things that you have a vision for? What are some of the things that you're trusting God for? Um, we live minute by minute, day by day. So for some, our vision might be, I hope I can get some groceries tomorrow or today. Uh, for some, they're thinking about weeks. They're thinking about months. Uh, but I want to ask you to think with me for a moment about vision and how far out do you typically think when you think about seeking the face of God? You know, I was a uh, daydreamer. When I was a kid, uh, in fact, I, I think I still am a daydreamer. Uh, if I get anywhere near a window, I can find myself looking out the window and pondering uh, some of the things that I see. Um, I like to look out the window. I am an observer, and so uh, I like to, uh, to daydream. It drove my teachers nuts uh, when I was growing up in school. In fact, if I was by a window, it would be maybe a week or two before the teacher would move me away from the window because <laughs> I just I couldn't focus and concentrate. I was always dreaming about something else. I grew up in uh, Oklahoma. We have 500 acres of property um, behind our house. It wasn't our property, but it was behind our house. It belonged to Mr. Greenwood, and so he'd let me go out and ride my motorcycle. And, and uh, I used to love to go out there with my friends, and we'd build forts, and we'd build tree houses, and we'd build tunnels through the shrubs. And uh, we just had so much fun. I had this vision of building a little mini city um, out in the middle of the woods. In fact, one day we found a, uh, it was a flood and we found a uh, rowboat uh, that had been abandoned. So I turned it upside down and we were trying to figure out how to build a fort in the water. And so we actually had the boat out there. I had it anchored down there. I was trying to figure out how to get air to it. And uh, I had all these visions about this system that I built up out in the middle of the woods with a fort actually out in the, in the water. It just seems like I've always had a vision. Sometimes it's daydreaming, it gets me in trouble, but sometimes it's constructive. You know, vision is uh, an idea of what could be. If you were to look up the definition for wisdom, it's simply this. It's the ability to think about or to plan the future with imagination or wisdom. And so we all have some component of vision that we use on a daily basis. We have visions for what we want to do today. We have visions for what we want to do this week. Um, But those kind of visions are short-term because they're visions that are based on things that are internal to us. And so sometimes our visions are short-term when they're, when they're lived just through a specific person. And maybe those things don't provide lasting hope. And so when we think about vision and its ability to provide us hope for the future, some of those futures don't last. I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't go into a marriage thinking, hey, this is going to be great. Nobody goes into a marriage thinking, hey, I'm going to give up in a couple of weeks. You know, vision, when it's internalized, is something that can be short-lived and can be dangerous and, in most cases, doesn't provide real hope. 
And so I want to look at a passage with you briefly. It's from Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. And it says this. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blesses the one who keeps the law. Now, some verses would translate that where there is no vision, the people perish. But I think it's really important that when you look at the language from that perspective, it's prophetic vision that the author has in mind here. You know, it's prophetic vision. It's rooted in something else besides one's own person. You know, this virus that we're dealing with right now, it has the attention of everybody. It has my attention, not just our church, not just our community. It has the attention not just of our state or our nation. It has global attention right now. Everyone is focused on the virus. I was in the grocery store uh, with my eggs and my coconut snacks. I love the chocolate-covered coconut. And so I'm standing in line with my, my meager groceries here, and I look in front of me, and the gentleman in front of me, he's got like four packs of toilet paper, his water. I mean, he's got baskets of stuff. And so at the point, I didn't realize what was happening. I mean, this thing unfolded really quickly. And so, um, I mean, I knew there were some things going on. I knew it needed to be prepared. But I was looking at what was in his grocery cart, and I was looking at what was in my grocery cart. And I was thinking, you know, he's got a different vision <laughs> of the future than I do. I mean, and I wanted to know, well, does he know something I don't know? And so I, I called Carolyn up, and I said, do we have toilet paper? I, there's something going on. Everybody's got toilet paper in their baskets. And she said, well, I just bought toilet paper last week. I was like, well, okay, we should be okay. But, you know, in my heart, I'm thinking, wow, I feel like I'm missing out on something. I mean, he had a different vision <laughs> than I had for our future. You know, that's the type of vision that comes about when we rely on ourselves. We all have individual different visions. And uh, those are the kind of things that don't last. And when we have vision that's not prophetic, what ends up happening is people do cast off restraint. And I think one of the things that we're seeing in our culture, in our community specifically, is, is that there's this sense of casting off restraint. The things are out of control. And I think it's because we are not rooted in prophetic vision. You know, God has a plan and a purpose. There's nothing that escapes um, his attention. And when you have a vision that's focused on him, then there's some security that comes from that. But when you lose the prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. The passage goes on to say that blessed is he who keeps the law. And so when we are rooted in God's word, when we are rooted in our identity in Christ, when we understand that God does love us and have a plan for us, it affects the way that we live out our lives. It affects where we find our hope. You know, prophetic vision is rooted in what we find in Scripture. At Springbrook, our vision is to be uh, reaching a community for Christ. We have a vision to reach this community for Christ. And then we also have a vision for building up passionate followers. That's a vision that is rooted in Scripture. It's not just something that somebody came and you know, wrote down a piece of paper and thought looked good. It involved our elder board. It involved our leadership team. It's something that we talk about a lot at Springbrook. We have a vision that is prophetic in the sense that it is, is rooted in Scripture. And that's where we find our hope. And so when we are evaluating ministry opportunities, when we think about how can our church respond to the crisis that's going on now in our community, it all goes back to our vision. We see this as an opportunity to reach our community for Christ. We see this as an opportunity to invest in our leaders and, and to disciple people in our church so that we can be effective at reaching our community. And that's a vision that guides and directs us. It's rooted in Scripture, and it's a vision that will provide us hope. When there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. And I want to share a passage with you this morning from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And I want to look at a group of people, a people of God in history, uh, who had a vision that God had given them. They had a vision of a promised land. Uh, but in that quest to move into and live in the promised land, they overcame some obstacles. You know, one of the biggest hindrances uh, when it comes to vision is obstacles. We all have obstacles when it comes to fulfilling our vision. You know, as you think about this past week, I want to ask you, is this week right now what you would have imagined it a week ago or two weeks ago? You know, when we started the year 2020, you know, did you have a vision or something else in mind than what you're experiencing right now? You know, we all have obstacles that interfere with our ability to 
maintain and stay on course with vision. And so I want to look at this passage from 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 20 this morning. There's some principles that we can apply to our lives that will help us to overcome the obstacles that are infecting us to be able to experience the fullness of who we are in Christ and all that God has for us. And I believe that both for you personally and for our church and for our community that this can be a time of encouragement. And so we want to look at 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 20 um, together. So if you've got your Bible and you want to look uh, with us there, go ahead and turn to uh, 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 20. And uh, let's look at this passage together. Uh, this passage is about uh, a king uh, named Jehoshaphat. And uh, Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah at this time. Um, he, uh, when he was younger, was one of the priests um, that traveled with the Ark of the Covenant. Um, he was a trumpet blower. And so he grew, up, he grew up in the tribe of the Levites. He had also been a recorder um, for King Solomon and for um, King David before he would actually become king at the age of 35. Josephat was living in Jerusalem, and things were pretty messed up when he moved in to become king. And so he had restored some order. And no sooner did he get into the position of king and started to restore order than he faced some obstacles. No sooner than he gets to be king, that he starts to face some obstacles. And we see this in chapter 20, beginning in verse 1, when it says this. After this, the, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and with them some of the Meunites, they came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming up against you from Edom and from beyond the sea. And so he's in the promised land. Um, he's restored some order. But there's some tribes of people there that don't want them there that are mounting up against him for battle. There was Jehoshaphat, when he heard this news, it says in verse 3 that he was afraid. And he set his face to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast that throughout all of Judah they would fast and seek the Lord together. Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah and they came to seek the Lord together. And so I want to stop there for a moment and just talk about the situation that Jehoshaphat has found himself in. He's just become king. He's restored some order uh, to the land, to the people. And no sooner does he get things in place, he starts to cast vision for the people that he starts to face some obstacles. And it says that he was afraid. And so, you know what, we're all going to experience obstacles in life, um, but, and we're all going to experience fear. But the lesson that we learn from Jehoshaphat here is, is when he, in his fear, rather than turn to himself, turns to the Lord. And that is such an important principle. Because as we go through our times together today, it's really easy to get hung up on what's happening in the news and what's happening down the street. We need to seek what the Lord has for us together. And I don't know about you, uh, but maybe as you start out this year, it does look completely differently than you thought it was going to. Maybe your marriage is in a place where you, it is completely different than what you thought it was going to be. You know, we have kids right now, they're in school, that are all coming back home. They thought they were going to graduate this year. And right now they're trying to figure out, is that graduation ceremony going to happen? We've got kids that are trying to figure out if they're going to go, go to school online. You know, we've got, we've got people that have, have, are out of work right now that are waiting to find out how quickly they're going to be able to go back to work. Everybody right now is facing something, some obstacle that can interfere with their vision for what God would have for them. I know that that's something that I've experienced in my life. You know, when we moved into the beginning of this year, 2020, I had just stepped into this lead pastoral. We were going through a series on prayer and fasting, and we had gathered our church together to seek the Lord together in prayer and fasting. And we have on our wall hundreds of prayer requests right now where people have been offering up prayer requests and praising God for where they've been seeing God at work. And we went into a season as a church family for prayer and fasting together for what God would have for us as we move into this new season of ministry. And then after we finished that series, we moved right into the book of Ezekiel. We want God to change our hearts. We want to be men and women that, like David, had a heart after God. We want God to replace our heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh and, and set our mind and our eyes on him. And so we had started to gain some momentum as we went into this new year. And so now I'm sitting here looking at an empty sanctuary and going, God, what's going on? We had just started to turn some things around. And when I looked down at Jehoshaphat's story, I can't help but feel what Jehoshaphat felt. 
man, things were just starting to go well, and now we got this virus. And it's not that we just have this virus, because this is a serious matter. People are losing their lives. We have to be intentional. We have, there's some things that we need to be doing to prevent the spread of this virus. But at the same time, we also have to look for what would God have for us in this. This is a time for us to turn back to our family, to start working on our relationship with our wives and with our kids. Because I tell you, if you're not thinking about that, if you don't have a vision for that, and you're not intentional about it, it's going to be thrust upon you. And so we have to be intentional about thinking about the relationships that we have that are closest to us. And if you don't have anybody that you're close to in relationships, then this is, this is where Springbrook Church exists. We want to help people to come in to be a part of the body of Christ. No one has to go through life alone. That's why relationships are so vitally important to us at Springbrook. There are a lot of places that you can go for great teaching. There's a lot of great people that are streaming great services this morning. And, and it's, it's our prayer that we are rooted in God and we want to have a great service as well. But what motivates us is to help people to understand the fullness of who they are in Christ and who we are together. Relationships are critically important to us. And these are the kind of things that are measured at times like this. And we want to turn our hearts towards God, like Jehoshaphat did. Jehoshaphat had a vision. He got you know, messed up. And he, in fear, turned his heart towards God. And then I love what happens next. In verse 5, Jehoshaphat has called a fast. He's called the entire assembly together. And in verse 5, it says, He stood up in the middle of the assembly. And all of Jerusalem and, Ju- uh, Jerusalem and Judea, he stands up in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he says, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God of heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nation? In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Did you, our God, not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people and give it to Israel and forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have all lived in it. They've built up for you a sanctuary in your name, saying if disaster comes upon the sword, judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you. For your name is in this house, and we cry out to you in our affliction, and we will hear, and you will hear, and you will save. And now behold, men of Ammon, men of Abab, Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came into this land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy, behold, they are rewarding us now by coming to drive us out of your possession, by which you have given us to an inheritance. Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us, and we do not know what to do. I want to stop there for a second because we're going to look at the second part of this verse in just a moment. I want you to imagine with me Jehoshaphat standing before this great assembly in the midst of this fear, trying to seek the Lord together. All the people have come together and they're waiting to hear from Jehoshaphat. And what does Jehoshaphat say? I don't know what to do. I mean, can you imagine if President Trump were to get on TV for a State of the Union address and say, you know what? There's some great, there's some terrible things going on here, but, but we don't know what to do. You know, we've got our government that we don't know what to do. Or what if you came and in, walk into a church and somebody's, and, and, and you have something going on in your life and, you, and you're talking to the leaders there and they say, well, I'm sorry, we, we just don't know what to do. And so Jehoshaphat is standing before this great assembly reminding the people of who God is and his faithfulness. And he acknowledges the fact that in my own strength, I don't know what to do. But then he says this at the end of uh, verse, eight, verse 18, or verse uh, 12. He says, but our eyes are on you. Father, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Even in the midst of our uncertainties, even in the midst of our trials and our tribulations, no matter what's going on in your life right now, no matter what's going on in our, our lives as a ministry together, our eyes need to be on him. And that's what we need to encourage each other through in this time. We need to remind each other that God does love us. He does have a plan for us. We are secure in who we are in Christ. And so as we look through Jehoshaphat's his life as king, we know that Jehoshaphat, in his fear, turns his eyes towards God. He admits that there's obstacles in his life that he doesn't know what to do about in his own strength, but he turns his eyes towards God. And that's a message that we all need to hear today. In the midst of everything that's going on in our lives, we need a vision that is rooted in Scripture as we are reminded about the reality of who we are in Christ. In verse 13, it says this, 
Meanwhile, all of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, their children, everybody standing there. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jezael. He is the son of Zechariah, the son of uh, Beniah, the son of Jael, the son of Manatiah. He is a Levite of the sons of Aspa. He's one of the priests. And in the midst of this assemble, he says, Listen, all of Judah, all of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and listen, King Jehoshaphat, be reminded of this. Thus says the Lord, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great horde that's coming up against you. For this battle is not yours, but God's. And so as we face these trials together, as we go through this journey together, we need to be reminding one another that this battle belongs to the Lord. And not just, not just the coronavirus, not just COVID-19, Whatever battle you're facing, it belongs to the Lord. And we exist to encourage one another and help one another, remind each other where our hope lies. This battle does not belong to us, but to the Lord. And it's to him that we turn to in our time of need. And what happens with Jehoshaphat and all the assembly is they turn their hearts towards God. As they keep their eyes focused on God, it's there that they find hope and they find victory. As you read down through the rest of these verses, in verse 16, it says, Tomorrow, uh, the priest says, Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they're going to come up against you. You're going to find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness. Uh, you will not need to fight in this battle. You stand firm, and you hold your position, and you see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. And as a result of their acknowledging their need to keep their eyes focused on God, in light of their acknowledging that they don't know what to do in their own strength, that they turn their heart towards God, in light of the fact that they recognize this battle is not theirs but belongs to the Lord, they have a vision that is rooted in God's word and his faithfulness, and they find victory. And that's where they find hope. And they actually will win the battle because the Lord went before them. And so this morning I want to ask you, what is your vision for your family? What vision do you have for yourself as you think about today, as you think about tomorrow, as you think about next week or next month, or as you think about the remainder of the year 2020? You know, I entered into the year 2020 with great plans, and I had sought the Lord about it. And you know what? Those plans right now, they're all back on the table, and we're reevaluating what God would have for us through this. But you know what? When we come across obstacles, when things don't go our way, it's an opportunity for us to step back and to make sure that we reset and we keep our eyes focused on the Lord. That's what our series on Ezekiel was all about. We're going to come back and pick up with that series uh, next week. Our series on Ezekiel was about having God replace our heart of stone with a heart of flesh and having our hearts bent towards him. And we want to continue as a ministry to keep our eyes set on him. Like Jehoshaphat, it's my prayer for each of us in our church family. It's my prayer for you this morning that you would be able to find a hope that transcends your circumstances, that you would be rooted in God's word, and that you would find your hope and your security and know that God is faithful, he does love you, and he does care about you. As we read through the New Testament, in John chapter 14, when the disciples hear that Jesus is going to go on ahead before him, he's going to be leaving them. It says the disciples are troubled. He says, look, don't let your heart be troubled. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. And so this morning I want to ask you, where's your trust? Where's your faith? God is faithful. Jesus says, you can trust my Father. You can believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again. And I'm going to take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. One of the disciples says, well, you know the way I'm going. Thomas says, how are we going to know where you're going? We don't know the way. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known the Father. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. And so this morning, I want to encourage you that if you do not have a sense of God's presence in your life, if you're not secure in your relationship with him, it all begins by understanding your identity in Christ. You see, a great vision, a vision for a man leading his family, a vision for a mom that's investing in their children, a vision for you know, somebody that wants to get married or has a job or is an employer or an employer or wants to go to school or wants to finish well or is trying to think about what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Those great visions are rooted in God's word. And if you root your vision 
and you root your plans there, it's there that you'll find success. You'll find victory like Jehoshaphat did. And you'll find a vision that will give you hope. And if you don't have a relationship with Christ this morning, I want to encourage you that great vision begins rooted in who we are in Christ. That is the only thing that lasts. That's the only thing that's going to take us from this life into the next. It's the only thing that's unchanging. And I want to encourage you, if you do not have a relationship with Christ this morning, we would love to talk with you about how to do that. Uh, you can go to springbrook.org. There's a place for you to share. Uh, you can go into updates. You can go into research. You can go hit, click any of those tabs. There's a place for you um, under immediate needs. There's a place to hit prayer requests. We would love the opportunity to pray with you this morning. If you want to know more about how to have a relationship with Christ, we have a team of people that are willing right now to pick up a phone and talk with you about how you can have a relationship with Christ. We want to make sure that as we go through this time together that we are all rooted in who we are in Christ because that is ultimately where we're going to find our hope. As we come up on the next couple of weeks, as you're going through your day and your week, I just pray for each of us that we'd be able to find a vision that is rooted in where reality of our hope does lie. The fact that this world is not our home. We have the assurance of heaven and that we know that we can have life and have it to the full because of who we are in Christ. And so it's my prayer that these lessons from Jehoshaphat would encourage you this morning. It's my prayer that as a ministry, we can continue to resource our leaders, that we can be effective at helping our community to know more about how to have a relationship with Christ. And the people that call Springbrook Church their home would be passionate about discipleship, about leadership development, and about reaching our community. I want to thank you for being with us online today. I hope you have a blessed day. And uh, let's close in prayer. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Father, I just want to thank you uh, for this day you've given us today. Um, God, I just thank you that um, uh, the technology can be a blessing. Sometimes I feel like I'm distracted by it. But God, I thank you that through this medium this morning that we can be together. Uh, God, I thank you that even though we, uh, we don't have technology, we are still together because of who we are in Christ. And so, God, we'd look forward to that time where we can be back together as a church family. Uh, God, I pray that you would protect uh, those in our community, in our nation, in the world um, that are being exposed uh, to this virus. I pray specifically uh, for our seniors, uh, God, that you would put a hedge of protection around them. And, God, I want to praise you and thank you for just the stories that I've heard already about how people have come alongside to encourage one another, to support one another, and meet the needs of people in this community. And, God, we lift all these things up to you today. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, I want to encourage you, um, if you haven't uh, checked out our website, Facebook or Instagram, um, you can use the hashtag SpringbrookCC. I want to encourage you to be sharing stories with us that we can share uh, with the rest of our church family and community that I know would be an encouragement. Um, you can uh, make sure you mention us on Facebook or uh, Instagram. We'd love the opportunity to connect with you uh, that way. And uh, I hope you have a blessed day. Uh, thanks for being with us and God bless.